This is exactly right. Adulting is hard, but it doesn't have to be impossible. If you want to hear more about ways you can actually live your best life, check out How to Be a Better Human. Each week, comedian Chris Duffy sits down with an expert to talk about the realistic and often unexpected ways you can improve your life. This season on How to Be a Better Human, learn how thinking about death can actually make your life happier, why it's never too late to make a change, and more. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. I master my morning. I master my day. Oh, I thought you were going to say masturbate. I was like, bitch, I don't have to know. I, I wake up at 5 a.m. to masturbate. I was like, can you imagine? You do what you got to do, bitch. I said, what in the farm hand is going on? It's the only time I have to do it. What happens when we spring forward now? This is too much. <laughs> Welcome to Adulting. I'm Jordan Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michelle Buteau. It is the Upside Down. It's the Upside Down. <laughs> Welcome to Stranger Things, season 18. Let's go. We're both in patterned sweatshirts, and I think we just went through like a void <laughs> in the in the Matrix. Yes. But anyway, um, <laughs> yes, Michelle, I'm so glad that uh, we're doing this. This is like one of our first recordings of 2023. And I just like... I just want to have a good year and I want to have a good year with you, friend. And it just means so much to me yeah. that we can be doing this. When did we start this? We started this as a live show in 2017 at Union Hall, a nice little place in Brooklyn. And What were you wearing? Girl, I don't remember. Something probably clean with a <laughs> hole in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's clean, but it's still got a stain. I mean, I don't know. Some plus size, bitch. With top titty meat and lip gloss. What you mean? I was wearing jeans with stretch for my dad thighs. I remember like we would sit on stools and do the live show and you would always have a like a pair of pants with like a rip by the crotch. And I'm just like, girl. Get it together. I realized that I needed to change up the game a little bit. And five years later, I have. Here we are. <laughs> New pair of jeans five years later. You know, I always feel like, like, I don't mind being casual, but I like an elevated casual, especially if people have paid money to come see you. Like, mm -hmm. just put on something a little cute, a little nice. Like, you don't have to wear a three-piece suit. We don't have to be Steve Harvey out here <laughs> posting Family Feud with gator shoes. You know what I mean? And a grandfather watch. But, <laughs> you know, I always I feel like it's nice to dress up a little bit, um, especially out of the pandemic. We ain't wear these clothes for a minute. You might as well. Phyllis Diller always said, look better than your audience. I have to share a secret with you. Is this a big secret, like a plus size secret or a teeny tiny? This is a teeny tiny secret, but I want you to know. Oh, boy. I've changed up my routine. Oh, boy. Guess what time I'm waking up now. Are you waking up at like 4.30 in the morning? 5 a.m. I wake up oh, at 5 a.m. For what? Well, first of what all. What do you I'm, have to do? Are you running? Are you drinking kale? I'm not I'm not running. I am not a black man running pre-dawn at 5 a.m. Don't do it. Not doing that. Not doing that. Do the yoga or I'll do kettlebells maybe like 20, 30 minutes on the mat. When you swing a kettlebell, don't you ever just want to like fucking let it go by accident? Every time. Just throw <laughs> Every it. Every time. Uh, I'm going to throw it through the fucking window. Every time I think about the ending of Shape of Water, I want to throw that <laughs> fucking kettlebell. I'm like, she fucked a fish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. It's a fish. Ah, I want to throw that kettlebell. Go on, I'm listening. I'm just, no, I try to do like <laughs> that and then meditate. And then it's time to make the lunch and make my wife's coffee. That's basically it. But just instead of wedging them into the day, starting off that way has really helped a lot. In 2023, it's holding me. It's 5 a.m. Jordan. That's who I am. I'm presenting my truth to the world. That's who I am. That's 
amazing that you can make time. You're making time for yourself at 5 a.m. For me, I'm like waking up to pee at 5 a.m. and I'm going back to bed hoping the kids <laughs> sleep till like at least 7.42. Because when I get up and go, I'm just doing everything for everyone. And I don't think I eat breakfast till 10 a.m. and I'm up like at 7. So I need to... I need to look out for me. I don't know if I'm waking up at 5 a.m. So you are no caffeine. No caffeine, 5 a.m. But I've been no caffeine for two years, so that's fine. So yoga and meditation. Yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to tell you something else that's just going to make you throw your phone at me. Oh, for fuck's sake. I just got a new phone. Now I got to throw it. What is it? I'm going to do a 21-day cleanse. Oh, God, Jordan. <laughs> Why do you sound like a newbie actor in Los Angeles for your first pilot season? Why are you doing this to yourself? I feel like Instagram ads have no, gotten you. No, no, no. Can I say something now? You, you okay. sound very defensive. You sound very defensive. <laughs> I just, I've done so much like kind of negative stuff to myself. I want to try something that's like directed towards me that's kind of positive. Okay. And then also a reset and try to master my again masturbate i want to try oh to my master god, I always my you're gonna say masturbate oh my god oh my god speaking of masters of their craft um should we should we talk about our guest i would love to talk about our guest oh god do you think they've ever been on a 21 day cleanse well i will say this in terms of doing things that are good for your body we're two different people from two walks of life and for me as a thickums from the age of 11 12 it's only diet culture shoved down my throat. It's not how smart are you going to be. It's right. can you be bikini body ready? And so I do have a different relationship with my body and myself in terms of trying these fasts and cleanses. For me, these cleanses and these juice diets and all these yeah. things, like I have been down that road like before I was even a fully realized woman. And so I am so tired of people telling me what is good for me and what's right for me. And so when we're going into the people-pleasing territory, it's just like, ooh, think more about yourself than everybody else, which is like something that I'm working on. But yeah. I love that you're on this journey because you get to decide as a fully realized man and head of his family or whatever the fuck you guys call each other. <laughs> um, like, like, what, like what you want to do, what yeah. you want to do. Do you know what I mean? And so for me... I, I, that's just a no. My daughter is looking at me mm. as a shining example of how to carry herself in the world. And one thing I'm not going to do is say, we need to go on this diet. No. I mean, a diet fat, obviously. Like, definitely looking at food, having a relationship with food, saying, like, the more colorful it is, the better it is for us. Yeah. A healthy diet. And sometimes you eat something nasty, but just a different relationship and a different outlook. So... For all the people listening to our podcast who are learning to love their bodies because society has told us that we shouldn't and we should fix it. You are perfect. You are worthy. You are enough. And whatever you feel like you have to do, go ahead and try it. Yeah. But it doesn't define you. I will say this. I do not own a scale and I do mm -hmm. not look at a scale. All I've ever wanted was to feel stronger yeah. and to have more energy to enjoy myself in my body. I want to keep up with my six-year-old who has a battery in his back. Yes. Completely charged at all times. Yeah. I want to keep up with my daughter. I don't want to be short with them. I want to be present. And that's basically why I'm doing it. It feels so good. And plus, the men in my family die young. So I'm like trying to like stave that off. Next time, let's start with all that information because that is fucking beautiful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's where we're at. <laughs> so thank you so much. Speaking of fucking beautiful, so excited to bring our next guest. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have our first EOP on the show, I guess. Emmy-winning, oh, yes. Oscar-winning, and Peabody yes. Award-winning 
creator, writer, producer, extraordinaire. Hilarious. Yes, hilarious. Worked for The Daily Show for a long time, wrote for the White House Correspondents' Dinner, now has their own documentary, 38 at the Garden. Oh my gosh, y'all, please give it up for the one and only Trayvon Free! Trayvon, you're in Trayvon. the building with us. What's Mr. up, man? T. How's it going, oh. guys? It's nice to be here. Look at this. I can't believe we've never physically met. You never met? I don't think we ever met. You're like one of those people that I know through internet. We met once at an event in New York. Oh, my God. It was some kind of like live taping event type thing. We were both there, and that was like the first time. Wait, was this like years ago then? Yeah, I still lived in New York, and I was still probably at Daily Show or... Full front on one of those situations when this happened. So where are you today? Where do we find you today? I'm in LA now. You feel like a sassy ghost to me sometimes because <laughs> I didn't even know we met, but like I feel like I know you through yeah, no, the internet we, and we have so many friends in common. And I never know if you're in New York or LA because yeah. when you're in LA, it feels like you're presenting New York. When you're in New York, it feels like you're presenting, I don't know, the South. I'm, I miss New York so much. What do you miss about it? It's a city that gives me so much creative energy Mm. that L.A. just takes from me. Like, it just takes, takes, (laughs) takes. I've been back in L.A., living in L.A. since 2019. And every time I go back to New York, I'm like, God, why isn't Hollywood here? But Mm. then it would probably be awful there, (laughs) just like it is in L.A. But the city itself, like, I do street photography. Can't do that in L.A. New York's a great place for street photography. Mm. That was, like, my my mental clearing space activity that I would do every day when I lived there. And here, my cameras just sit in the closet. So Why can't you do it in L.A.? Uh, there's nothing really happening on the streets here. Everybody's driving. It's mm. just homeless people. It makes you sad that no one's doing anything about it. My husband is also a photographer. And he, I mean, even just walking Coney Island hungover one morning when we were still just, like, dating long distance— he was able to come up with beautiful portraits just on the Coney Island boardwalk. He like loves to just watch people. Yeah. Um, he was obsessed with used car salesmen. Um, <laughs> because no matter like whether he was in Turkey or Holland or Queens, New York, or downtown LA, they all have like a shady vibe. And, like, <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, the city absolutely fuels me. Yeah. And so when I'm not around it, I'm just not myself. Yeah. I mean, every time I dip in and out. That when I'm there, I'm like, I'm staying as long as I can. Are you one of these people that visits New York? You're like, oh, I'm so hungover and I can't stop eating bagels. I blame the city. And I'm like, <laughs> we got kale. We got Brussels sprouts. We have Whole Foods. I'm a restaurant snob. So I'm like, I'm going to like wherever fancy. Like last time I was there, I spent way too much money at 11 Madison. Because I, oh, you know what happened? I accidentally walked in looking for another place. Hmm. And I was like, oh, this is 11 Madison. And... Me and my girlfriend were going to lunch, and I didn't realize they had become vegan before I said yes. Right. And so uh, <laughs> I went and spent an insane amount of money on a 20,000-course vegan meal that they have now that they also got awarded the Michelin star for, so that's good, right? And good for them, but it's not ceviche. Yeah. It's coconut, okay? Yeah, right, Tell me what right. it is. Right, it's cilantro on coconut. Right. Fucking those are strip. those are mushrooms. That's not beef. Those are Hello. mushrooms. Wow. <laughs> was it worth it though? Was it worth the money? Yeah, actually, you know what? Here's the thing. It was really, really good, right? Okay. It's considered oh. it's considered the after they got their three Michelin stars, considered the best vegan meal on the planet, right? Okay. But at the end of the day, 
it's still vegan. Ooh, <laughs> you will never rise above. You will never be good enough. <laughs> Shots have been fired. Damn. There was no duck. There was no steak. You're satisfied because the food is so well prepared. It's so creative and delicious. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a vegan, if you're not somebody who's like, who just lives in that space, you're like, I could have done with a little bit of prime rib. There's a little bit. Yeah. Oh my God. I could talk about this all damn day. In fact, we have. Um, <laughs> what, is your, what is your relationship to spice when it comes to meat? I'm not a big spice person, but I can do spice when it's appropriate, it, it feels like. Not like... People who do like, I just want my mouth on fire while I eat. You're like, fuck off. Like, this is stupid. Right. Why would you want to be in pain while you're supposed to be in joy? Food is supposed to be so enjoyable. Like, I love, I love going out and getting like a really nice meal. But like, if my mouth's on fire the whole time, all I'm thinking about is my mouth's on fire, not how yeah. good the food is. But yeah. occasionally, like you'll go to a nice, really fancy Indian spot or like a place where they know how to actually make the spice work with the flavors of the food, yes. not just set your mouth on fire. There's this Indian place in London called Gymkhana. Highly, highly recommend. And they have some dishes that are pretty spicy, but they're so good. You can't hmm. stop eating it. Oh, yeah. Like it's make it hurt so good. I love that. That's to me when the spice works, when you're like, right. okay, my, it hurts. It's like when you like, Find that one sexual partner who's like, this is a little out there, wild, but I like it. I can't necessarily not call you back tomorrow for another. <laughs> you're saying that the spice is like triangle choking you out while you're enjoying it. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Great. You're like pulling the hair a little bit too tight. It's working for you. What? what <laughs> so have you always been like way into food or is that your adult self? Have you been into food since you were like a little kid? I grew up with family from the South, right? So like, mm -hmm. Food is everything. Food is every holiday. Food is a big deal. How you show love. Right. And so when I got to the money part of my life where I'm like, oh, I can afford things. And I'm mm. like, guacamole being extra, you don't got to tell me that. Just put it on the, <laughs> put it on the burrito. You know, right. <laughs> when you got to that part of my life, it really became, like I tell people now, it's like, I work so that I could eat and travel. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, where's the best food, best restaurant? Because, you know, I always tell people the most expensive restaurant in the world ain't, ain't going to break the bank. Like, a steak can only cost so much. Right. Wow. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> right. They might make you buy the yeah. Wagyu cow and then kill it in front of you. <laughs> what is one thing that you have developed a taste for later in life? Like, for me, I'm a late bloomer to oysters. Oh, me too. Mm. And like, I like teeny tiny ones, nice and briny. Give them to me in the ER months. I don't want something that feels like I'm chewing on a fetus. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? But right, if it right. is big and juicy, fry it up. Like, in Nola, put some homemade sauce on it, and then I'll fuck with it if it's like fried stuff. But like, I was force-fed liver, cabbage, okra, slimy-ass shit. Liver, cabbage, okra. And I'm oh. like, don't want it. And now like... yeah. Now, if you have your take on it, like, I'll, I'll kind of fucks with it. But, like, oyster is, like, the one thing in adulthood that I'm like, let me stop being an asshole and suck on this. I, I became an oyster person in 2017, 18. That was, oh, when, my, that was when I started. Yeah, like, really late to the oyster game. And I was like, all right, all right. I see what's <laughs> to the oyster I, game. I see what's going on here. 
And then I became a duck liver person like in 2021, somewhere wow. around there. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, wow. I know goose liver, but we out here force feeding ducks. Yeah. What in the yeah. game of thrones is going on? You know what's funny yeah. is New York has one of, if not the biggest duck liver farms like really in the world or in America. Like there's like laws around yes. how you have to treat the ducks to like yeah. do the mm-hmm. whole thing. But yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that. They but. gotta they gotta have their own room. They gotta yeah, <laughs> they gotta set them up <laughs> set them up nice. They have to watch <laughs> the whole first season of Abbott Elementary. <laughs> I just saw Marcel the show with shoes on because I love Jenny Slate. Yeah. Yeah. And Dean Fleischer Camp. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot have any more escargot. Like these snails have a purpose. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know what's funny? My octopus teacher ruined octopus for me. Why? It just made me feel bad for, like, eating an They're going to die anyway. They die in, like, a year. <laughs> they die in a year and a half. Yes, they're but brainiacs. They're and they're so, they're I love so that movie. I lo- they scream. You ingest yeah. their smarts. You take their intelligence in. <laughs> Is you, that how it works? That's how it works. You become that Who much smarter. You can, and Santa's real. We'll yeah. tell you that. <laughs> you can have two <laughs> brains and teach a South African white man the meaning of life, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to keep doing it, but every time a plate shows up at the table, I think of that octopus and it just makes me feel bad. It I know. So bad. Unless it's got a good char on it, I feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> or it's or it's tandoori. If it's tandoori, fuck Ooh, off. I'm eating it. Baby. Mm. Caviar is another one that I came late to the game too. Yes. Sure. And even then, one or two bites with creme fraiche, one or two bites and I'm good. When people start just licking it. I always have it on things. You know, like, if you go to a restaurant, they have, like, something on the menu, and they're like, and it's mm-hmm. topped off with, a, uh, like, caviar, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. I've never really, like, chased it, like, by... It. The only time... This is gonna sound bougie as fuck. The only time I've ever had it, like, just straight up, like, there's a tin of caviar over there with all the toppings, was that John Legend's 40th birthday party. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, we got name dropping. I need a shovel to pick up these names. Y'all ain't ordinary people. You know what I'm saying? Had, he had a big, like, ice sculpture with caviar in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, look, there's, like, Chris Jenner eating caviar out of an ice sculpture. Was this a season finale of Blackish? Like, what <laughs> is this? Is this, was, what, this is what Black Hollywood's like? Let me know. I, I don't know. I was just as shocked as you. I got the invite. Okay. I was like, okay, we doing it. Amazing. Okay, brisket. Is it dry or is it wet? I can't have dry brisket. Yeah, it's got to be wet. I need it as moist as possible. Is it a Passover dinner or like a, um, is it Rosh Hashanah where they have like brisket? Seder? Seder, yeah, where you have brisket. Get invited. It's also lamb, yeah. like off the bone. Jewish families be fucking it up. It's been, it's amazing. I love a good They brisket. cooking that shit for 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> edit it out. <laughs> no, my wife's Jewish. That's why I know my wife's Jewish. That's why I know. But it's crazy that brisket is also barbecue. You know, so it's like, do you like a barbecue right. brisket? Is that you? I didn't realize there was another kind. <laughs> I am somebody, ready for my t-shirt. Is people, <laughs> is people out there eating dry brisket? Well, yes, yes, unfortunately. I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. I'll eat a dry brisket and I don't mind dipping it in uh, different sauces. Mm. Okay, um, are you, when you say dry, are you talking about... Dry rub. It, it doesn't have any barbecue on it or anything like that, but the meat is still moist and like good? Or are we talking yeah, about 100, like... Yeah, 100%. Okay, because yeah, I've not, seen some brisket at places where you're like, this meat has literally no moisture in it. <laughs> yeah. And you know 
what? That makes me so sad. It's like when you pick up a rotisserie chicken from the supermarket and it just looks like it's been out in the sun forever and all of time. It's just yeah. like, why would you even right. sell this to me? Like, I'm going to crack my tooth on the leg. Uh, That's crazy. But It looks like a white woman from Venice Beach. You're just <laughs> like, what is going on? I would have said this? a white woman's booty in Malibu, but let's talk about that. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> I love this conversation so much because... My idea of luxury is still um, functional. And, you know, one day, I don't know, I would love to fly private once in a while. But for the most part, like, you know, I like to upgrade. But when it comes to food and going out to eat and enjoying an experience with people, this is my jam. And this is something that I can afford to do. And I do have friends like Dana Dute, who not only has a food podcast, he also books trips around Michelin star restaurants, mainly in Europe, which is like, Really fucking fun. And I feel bad for people who are like, just give me whatever on a plate. I don't care. And I'm like, there's so much more to life than that. Yeah, Like, you don't have to cook it, but like, go experience it. Yeah. Once you start eating at good restaurants, you just cannot go back. It is so hard (laughs) to like, go. (laughs) There was like, we got, we got so used to chasing fancy restaurants and Michelin stars that I forget where we were, but the only thing they had was a PF Chang's. <laughs> and, and we were like, let's just go to PF. Are we going to go to PF Chang's? All right, let's go to PF Chang's. And then as we were like eating the food, we were like, oh my God, are we those people where like this food is so like, yes. Yes. not, yeah. <laughs> it's not up to snuff. It's not, it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Yeah. Like, can we talk to the chef? Is there a chef? (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you feel as though, because you came up in Compton... And, you know, get the Daily Show and all these wonderful things. And and by the way, I just want to say, like, really proud of you, bro. Like, proud of your work. Oscar winner. Oscar winner. But the most, like, chill dude ever. It's almost unsettling. Um, <laughs> you're, very, you're very calm and chill. Do you ever feel as though you have a lot of, like, living to do and making up? I think about that all the time where I'm like, I'll be places that I never even remotely dreamed I would be or rooms with people. I'm like, this feels like an out-of-body experience. How the hell did I get here? And I think about where I grew up and, and where I came from and like how many people just do not get that experience. Or yeah. Like how impossible yeah. it is to go from there to, to here. And even thinking about like no bullshit, just like how close you come to death. Like yeah. growing up in that city at that time that I was growing up, like in the 90s, you're like, if I had just been like across the street that day, I could have been not here. Hmm. Yeah. On, a, on any given like day, right? And so now when I'm getting the opportunities to do things that I have and like to be places that I've been, 
it really feels like genuinely I'm like I hope I don't die mm. I hope like yeah. I didn't like beat the game you know what I mean like where it's like well you did it congratulations you survived the hood and now you're like on a beach in Mexico and looking at the stars <laughs> yeah. and that's it is Morgan Freeman coming <laughs> right <laughs> Right. This is the end of Shawshank? What's happening right, right now? Exactly. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, trying to keep up. Like you you yeah. genuinely feel like, fuck. Like, Tarantino said after he wrote Pulp Fiction, he thought he was going to die because he thought he had done the thing he had come to the world to do, which was mm. to give the world that movie. Hearing him talk about that, it totally made sense. After I had certain experiences, like, oh, fuck. Have I done the thing? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what's crazy is that I had this thought that I've never said out loud. Don't cry. Oh, boy. As I was doing my show last year, I'm like, my kids are three and a half and I'm doing my own TV show because Netflix optioned my book. And I'm like, it's too good. I might die. That's a real fucking thing. And I was like, and every time we went through like the first block, the second block, everyone's like, God, Michelle, you're such a good mood. I'm like, I'm so happy to be here. And when people ask me how it's going, I keep saying, I'm so glad I got to do this before I die. Mm. And... I thought it was me. <laughs> no, no. It's, it, I think it's a combination of when you come from somewhere where there are no opportunities or where you're not supposed to do something or when you have a background where people have like denied you entry to something, right? And you think about like, why is Chadwick gone, right? Right. Like, why is he gone? Like, why is hmm. Virgil gone, right? Hmm. You're like, these people were doing incredible things. I was thinking about John Singleton as you were talking about your childhood. And I'm just like... Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, like, Vanilla Ice is still out there, like, doing shows somewhere. <laughs> Vanilla Ice. And you're like, what? <laughs> we like... No, can't handle. Can't handle. <laughs> no. No. Mute <laughs> me. Had to, we had to give up the king of Wakanda. And he gets to keep... Going out there ruining Queen and David Bowie's classic. At the same time, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. It makes you feel like, I'm glad I got to do this before I die. Like, did I beat the game? Like, is it going to reset? Yeah. Like, is, is that an implicit or baked-in fear then, maybe? Like, you take your art to its maximum expression. You're handed an Oscar. Yeah. Not that you're handed an Oscar, but you're awarded an Oscar. Yeah. I think it's a combination of the what now. And I think because people like us don't walk into the game with the entitlement of thinking we're owed something. Mm. And mm -hmm. so when we get something, especially something of that magnitude, you're like, oh, shit. Like, I've not walked into this with the conditioned mindset of like, absolutely, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> now, who's going to give me my Marvel movie? God damn it. Like, it's a very different mentality of like, oh, shit. Like, what, what am I going to get to do now? Like, mm. do I get to do things now? Like, is there like a new mm. door that opens? Not only do you internalize that, you realize how much of the doubt and the imposter syndrome that you've internalized getting there. Because even if no one's telling you explicitly you don't belong here, if all you see is white people doing it, mm. you're thinking, I don't belong yeah. there. You've internalized that. You've adopted it. Yeah. Yeah. 100. Did I actually earn it or did they just like throw me a bone? Like all those things are like going through your mind. And what do you do about that then? I did see this one quote that I yeah. love to bring up all the time. It really helps me. And the quote is something like, um, the tools that you have to survive won't be the ones you need to thrive. Oh, that's great. And it's like, also learn how to fucking yeah. enjoy it and be in it. Yeah. Because I'm so used to just work, 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 go up that mountain, yeah. like do all the stuff. And then when you're there, you're like, 
Oh, this is the view. <laughs> Trayvon, Trayvon, I've seen your feed. You definitely know how to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> you better. I saw you dancing. It felt like literally on top of the world. It was like something at Puffy's house with Issa Rae oh, or yeah. something. And I was like, I was like, what yeah. in the black excellence is happening here? <laughs> what so is happening that, here? <laughs> that was that was one of the most random days. So I, I bet. I bet. <laughs> that that day. I was supposed to go to the Lakers game with Terrence J. He had got like he had like sure. Lakers tickets. He's like, you want to go to the game? I have an extra ticket. Cool. We get in the car. He's like, Puff also said he wants you to come to his house today and bring the Oscar. <laughs> and I was like, what? is this a is this do I have a choice? It doesn't sound like I have a choice. Right, right, <laughs> is right. Is this like a demand? The exact quote was, come to his house and bring that bang. Bring that. <laughs> in any <laughs> other context. <laughs> and I knew exactly what that thing was. Right. And so we get there and it's a full-fledged like ditty party. And wow. literally like everyone is there. And what did um, you wear? <laughs> oh God, what did I I don't remember I don't remember what I had on. I oh. I'm trying to picture the the photos. I think I had on like one of those really thin like bomber jackets, like a, a spring summer bomber. The yes. thin ones. Sure, 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 sure. Do you remember what shoes you wore or sneakers? I had on Jordans for sure. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, was your hair cut? Were you ready to be out? I was still blonde at the time. Let me ask you a question. Was it seaside? His house? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The ocean yeah, yeah. is the other side of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> like, you look that way. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've never seen... It was like being at a museum, but someone lived there. Right. Oh, Like, that's wow. how big it... That's how expansive it was. So, Puff bought the Getty, <laughs> and you're at the Getty. So, let me ask you a question. <laughs> right. So, so let, me, let me ask you this. Like, because that's exactly what I'm getting at. You threw your arm around the moment, said yes, Terrence J. You said yes yeah. to it. Because... You just won something awesome, yeah. you know, and you you really are doing the work of like being your buddy, being your friend, and like celebrating yourself. You know, that is grown up to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. I love doing this so much mm-hmm. that I'm just like always ready to do the next thing when the one when one thing is over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to make myself slow down and like take a day or a week off. Like, it's just really hard to do because. One, there's so many good projects in the pipeline and you feel like you want to take advantage of it and you want to like get to it because the other side of that feeling like you don't belong there or feeling like you've been let in is like, hmm. now I have to prove that I belong uh, here. Like, dance, monkey. Oh, I hate that feeling. Yeah. Uh, who, who are you proving it to? I come from sports, right? So like I have this like mindset of like, I want to beat you at everything. I want to be the best at everything. Okay. So we were doing a deal on a movie after the Oscars, like kind of like quite a bit after. Now, keep in mind, this is not at all to brag. This is context because this is what you can do as a person of color. Mm -hmm. And this is what they will still say to you. Mm. Now, at this point, when this is said, I have an Oscar, three Emmys and a Peabody, right? So things have been going well. Yeah. And this person says to my manager after the deal kind of hit a wall of like a difference in money, he goes, well, they're still unproven. They're still unproven? They're still, you know, they're, they're still kind of unproven. You have an EOP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> when I started stand-up, I also was like really trying to put myself out there with dating. And I came up with this, um, just this saying that I would always tell myself. And it's, if you don't want to hear from me, you're going to hear about me. Bye, bitch. Yes, absolutely. For us, it's not us trying to catch up to them. It's the world catching up to us. Yes. Goodbye. I'm sorry that you are so small-minded that your world is that small. But bye-bye. Yeah, I laughed so hard. Yeah, as you should. Was that to your face? Were you in the room? Like, what was going no, on? No, no. So this was, this was relayed to my manager by this person. And then my manager called me and told me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And so, like, I was at dinner. And, uh, you know, we know this is going on. So I'm waiting on the call. A nice dinner, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I was actually <laughs> at Sugarfish on Sunset. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Set the scene, paint the picture. <laughs> I remember where this happened. <laughs> yes. And I, like, stepped outside to take the call. And I remember him telling me when he said that, I laughed so hard. And I was like, that is such a validation of exactly how I know these people think. Yeah. Mm. They're still... Yeah, but they're still not. They're still, mm-hmm. still unproven. Yeah. Unproven. By what standard? What exactly? What do I have to do? Yeah. Make Avatar? Yeah. Like, yeah. This is why when people are like, I'm frustrated. I don't like this. When is it ever going to be my turn? This, that, the third. We have to stop giving these people so much power. Because right. a lot of these executives make fear-based decisions. They don't ever want to think outside the box. They already yep. are coming in with being a product of their society. And they think whatever the fuck they think about us. And so that's why it's so important if you're listening to this and you want to do your own thing to just do your own thing and keep doing your own thing. Because they'll still call you unproven. Yes, no matter the fuck what. So you really just, you know, have to do your own thing because that is what, let me tell you something. If I had an Oscar... It'd be everywhere. (laughs) Your Critics' Choice. You were carrying a Critics' Choice in your purse for a while. (laughs) I I did. I did. And everyone's like, what's that? I'm like, it's an award show, bitch. Look it up. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) legitimate. Feel how heavy it is. Because if we ever pat ourselves on the back, we're assholes, right? Right. But then what Mm. are we supposed to just keep bending over and taking it? You know? Like, thank you so much for fucking this general meeting. It's like, oh, fuck that. We gotta do our thing. On the outside looking in, when they see you, like, being proud of anything you've done, they're like, oh, well, that person feels like they're like bragging or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, because you didn't hear the exec tell you you were unproven yes. after you did <laughs> yes. one of the hardest things to fucking do yes. in the business. Like, you aren't hearing the thing, you aren't experiencing the other side of it. You're only seeing the celebration when they do happen. And so it's because of that, like, now everything I do, I don't have any expectation of them getting it. I don't have any expectation mm. of them even understanding what uh, what we're setting out to do. I'm just like, I'm just going to do dope shit. Yeah. And you can think whatever you want to think. Word. And because I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm capable of. I don't need you to think that I'm, I've proven anything. So it's the athlete mentality of like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to outscore you. I'm just going to go I'm going to get on, go on the court. I'm going to get on the field. And I'm just going to outscore you. I'm going to beat you every single time. That's a really good parallel for relationships too. I don't need you. I want you. Yes. I say that all we, the time. We can work together. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, we all can do everything we do in a day by ourselves, but we make it better with our partners. And so I think, you know, it's a very healthy place to be living. And plus like if people are seeing shit on the internet and believing it, honey, that's yeah. like saying that you might have an orgasm. You believe you're going to have an orgasm the first time you have sex. I, 
That's, <laughs> it's just not real is the point. And that's mainly for women. Thank you so much. We do have to get to the questions. Jordan, did you want to oh, say yeah. something? That part. Oh, it was Come only on, that. Dad sweater. From, what you from the, yeah, I'm sorry. My coochie. Um, so let me just say this. Uh, more like coochie chagalia. But I, I will say that, <laughs> I will say that from, I'm trying to say something. No, no. Uh, from, from your story, what I take away was that like the normative culture often sees the potential in others and, you know, of their own. And then for you, it's like you have to meet a certain criteria. Yeah. Where it's right. like, it's like, man, this guy, I'm telling you, he's going to go places. He's going to do this, that, and the other. And <laughs> like, you have to like check off every little box. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is insane to me. And that's what I took away from it. But it's it's something to definitely keep in mind. And I really want to say this. I love, before we go to questions, I love that you made 38 at the Garden. I remember that night that he poured in 38, Jeremy Lin. I cried. I thought that was so cool and amazing. Yeah. And I can't wait to see the doc, man. And I love that you rep your brand like that every day because you're very smart, intelligent. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's a podcast. But I'll just tell you that Trayvon <laughs> is wearing his 38 at the Garden cap because that's that's the documentary on HBO, which is, is it out now? Yeah, it's out. It's oh, a, fantastic. Yeah, it's on HBO Max, yeah. Love it, love it. What in the Brooklyn Steve Harvey is going on, boo-boo? <laughs> I love it, man. Okay, so um, every episode, we get questions from the audience about adulting. We answer them. We try to. We try not to judge, but whatever. We'll never meet each other. So the first question is, I want to host more parties and get-togethers, but I don't know how to cook and takeout can be expensive. Any mm. hacks? Oh, I love that you want to get into hosting. That is such a kind place to be. I love that you want to like create memories and stuff. For me, when I had no money and I want to host out of my studio, I um, kind of went to the freezer section like at Trader Joe's and just got a bunch of mini quiches or whatever the fuck, got them together and just try to make them look fancy. A charcuterie board is yep. really fun too. Like invest in a big board and just put a bunch of shit on it and that looks <laughs> fancy. Also, I don't know, I guess pizza. What What do you guys say? I would just like maybe start by encouraging people to bring something. Like, yeah, if everybody brings one thing, do it Pollock style. We all ain't balling. So, you know, I, but I want to create an environment where we can hang out and yes. we can get together and like commune over some good food and one day when I got the money, I'll, you know, I can throw John Legend's 40th birthday party. But until then... Luck that pot, pot that luck. Yes. <laughs> um, Themes are fun, too. Like a Mediterranean-themed potluck party, and then everyone gets to bring something. I think that's fun. So sorry, Jordan, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, people are uh, now, it's like butterboards people are doing. It's like literally uh, taking a yuck. thing of butter, right? And is yeah. smashing that <laughs> onto a board and then just going to town. I, I mean, it's not, it's not so yuck. I haven't tried it yet, but it doesn't look so bad. I mean... It looks disgusting. A <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it looks like we're eating cereal out of a fucking toilet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. It's, just, it's it's fucking yuck. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you seem on the fence about butterboards. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you could go both ways. All right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck out there. Here's a dating question. Is it weird to casually date just one person at a time? Am I doing it wrong? Hmm. I think... We all have a different definition of casual. Um, casual to me means that you don't talk every day. You're not the first phone call, the last phone call. Casual also means to me you don't follow each other on social media. You're just seeing each other, hooking up, having a nice meal, maybe a little omelet in the morning after you had a, a fun night. So I say you should date more than one person if it's casual. That's me. I'm no, yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, no Jasmine the... Sullivan, but hello. <laughs> If you have the capacity, you know, I feel like some people, 
maybe aren't able to juggle two or three like casual dating situations if you feel like you want to check them off one at a time and you know give yourself a decent amount of <laughs> investigation time into that person because maybe i think it also depends on what stage you're in like if you're fresh off a breakup and you're just trying to have fun like who gives a shit go like casually date seven people yeah but if you're like you know looking for something serious and you want to take time to decently investing yeah. investigating the individual that you're like spending time with. Casual is also probably a way for them to protect themselves to say, all my eggs aren't in this basket. Right. But maybe right. they do like people or someone. Like I have a friend that cannot be casual. The minute she goes out on a date with someone, she's like, should we follow each other on Instagram? What are you mm-hmm. doing next week? Like she just feels the need to like take over and become friends or <laughs> you don't ever have to see that person like, yeah. Well, it's just about being in the moment, right? It seems like the person needs to populate their time with different people. How about the second person that you hang out with is yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like, take yourself out and what are you about? Rather than, like, finding another random person to hang out with and, like, listen to their stories and things like that. Just check in with yourself, maybe. And then go see this person again. But, like, if you want to every once in a while see this person sporadically, that's okay. You haven't violated any laws. Yeah. Enjoy pre-commitment. Enjoy it. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Watch whatever you want. Watch whatever you want. Watch White Lotus. (laughs) Watch White Lotus on your schedule. Yep. Ah! When you want to. Ah. (laughs) Watch what happens live. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. You want me to ask this, this next one here? Yeah. What's the next question, Jordan? Okay. How do I politely tell my sister she can't bring her very mean, very small, Foster dog to the gathering. I am hosting for 20 people. Her, she can't bring her foster dog to the gathering? Yes, to the gathering that it's she's mean. hosting. It's mean. It's mean. I mean, for, for me, that feels easy. Because, like, when it comes to dogs and animals that, like, have potential to be snippy or can hurt somebody in any kind of way. Yeah. Like, it's very easy for me to go, hey, you can't bring chachi to the party i love that <laughs> like, boundary you gotta you gotta leave little fucking el chapo at home because <laughs> el chapo <they> can't, <laughs> chapito <laughs> <laughs> you can't be um your dog's a menace yeah and you know it yeah you know especially it. if especially if they know it too and they try to yeah. like oh no he's just playful it's like no your dog tried to eat someone totally it's not playful yeah, you just you just got to be straight up. Yeah, I yeah. would say I'm handling enough hosting 20 people. I also cannot host your dog. We'll find another time, you know, because I really feel for people that want to foster um, animals. That's amazing. You are a walking angel on earth. Thank you so much. But, you know, you're fostering these dogs at your home, not somebody else's. So I think it's really ridiculous to think that you can bring them all the time. But it's just like one more thing to worry about. You have to worry about the host. Bring your wine, chilled. Be prepared to wear matching socks. You have to take off your shoes. And fucking ask them if they need help cleaning up the plates after dinner. Like, fucking get your shit together. It's not about your dog and where the water is. And this is coming from a person that has two dogs. Okay. By the way, I love how diverse our crowd is. I mean, this is definitely a white person asking because no... <laughs> <laughs> no self-respecting black person is just gonna bring a dog to a house. Like what? Like, yeah, we we eat. <laughs> I, I brought my dog. I hope that's okay. <laughs> like, oh my god. Nah. <laughs> okay, last question. Can we still have stuffed animals on our bed? 
<laughs> Wait, how old I, are you? Yo. I feel like this is also a white person. I don't know. Like, look, you know what I've seen? I've nah. seen really cute gifts. Yeah. Um, like my friends that have dogs or a kid or whatever, like they'll have a pillow or like a sassy saying or like a pillow cut out of the dog. That's cute. But like a stuffed animal from like it makes me think of that scene in Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> where a homegirl just like had all the dolls and a dead body in the doll. It's right, like, right, right, right. That's that's what it's giving. So I'd say no, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go no on that one. You gotta. I want a collection of dolls staring straight at me at the on the, <laughs> on the bed. I have a teddy bear, Teddy, and Teddy he lives in my like childhood closet. So I I like show it to my kids. I'm like, this is my teddy bear, and then he goes back on the shelf where he should be. Not on my bed. Yeah, I can't. I can't have things in a space where I do adult things that reminds me of children. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't like. Yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to be reminded of childhood or children while I'm trying to be grown up. Yeah, trying to be grown. Mm-mm. That's my husband because we had like a huge playroom for the kids, and he's like, "We need to get the shit out of here and put in a real ass couch." And I was like, "But they need a space." And he's like, "We need a space, bitch." I'm like. <laughs> and it's fun for the kids because we made it like a little listening area with records and we'll like let them put on a record so they know what it's like to actually play something yeah. instead of just swipe. And so it actually is nice because I went in with the mentality like this shit might break. No one has broken anything yet. So that's also nice. But yeah, man, I can't be reminded of my childhood when I'm trying to do adult things. That is love that. But he just said that I didn't say it. I just resonate with all of it. That's all. Michelle is brilliant. Oh my God. I didn't say it. Um <laughs> We're gonna edit. We're gonna just edit Trayvon saying it out. <laughs> so we asked all our guests, what's the uh, the most adult thing? And it could be anything that you want to do for yourself that you haven't had a chance to do yet? Probably a mix between like a good investment fund Ooh. or maybe or maybe like owning property. Like Ooh. I keep telling myself I want to do those things and I never do it. Like this year I might, you know, put some money in an investment account and like see what happens or should I be buying a house? You know, all the things you think you're supposed to do as a grown up. Yeah. And they tell you like, yeah, you got to buy a house. You got to have kids. You got to put some money into the stock market and take it out when you're 90. (laughs) And like the whole, I'm like, I'm not doing any of those things and I'm having the time of my life. And so like, okay, Jennifer Gray, let's go. (laughs) Jennifer Gray. If, if you, if you want those things for yourself, you can get certain investments that'll, you know, pay you like 3% return, which would be great. I just don't trust the white people who are in charge of it. That's the thing. Okay. There are black banks as well. When the next crash comes, what, where my money gonna be? Like that's a great question. It's like that Wanda Sykes joke. I don't need my money working for me. I wanted that home barefoot and pregnant. That, that's what. <laughs> that's, it's like I don't need my money to work for me. I get that. Yeah, I, I think it's a good problem to have though, Trayvon, because it points to like new levels, new devils. That's right. Yes, very much. And you know, there's plenty of people that can help you out in that situation and advise you. But I feel like for you, you've been your own best advocate. For so long. So it's like, it's hard to probably let go of those reins a little bit. Yeah. And funny money is hard to make. Yeah. They take it and you're like, you know how hard it was to make that funny money? Like, yeah. that's just something. I, I mean, I just put it out there. Put it out there. But I know you'll figure it out, good sir. Yeah, I'm 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 working it out. I'm excited. See if 2023 comes with a investment account. That's right. <laughs> It'll do great. It'll do great. I'm excited for you. Well, thank you for doing our show. Thank you guys for having me. This is so much fun. I've to do this forever. 
We have to go out to dinner now. Period. I'll be back in New York soon. So perfect. And they're they're opening a Gymkhana in New York as well. So you know when that place opens, <laughs> y'all like good Indian food. It is a Michelin star quality meal. Yes. I'm going to bring my Toms and my wet wipes. Let's go. <laughs> you heard it there. We'll leave it at that. All right. Oh, man. Trayvon Free, my man. Thanks, Trayvon. Bye. Thank you, guys. All right, man. I know we started this episode talking about mm, cleansing and fasting. <laughs> But we talked about food and fine dining so much. <laughs> I am hungry. I'm so hungry. Yeah. You know, I want to go to a nice restaurant with like cloth napkins. And and I want to feel like Julia uh, Roberts and Pretty Woman and be like, which fork do I eat from? <laughs> Slippery little suckers. Absolutely. And, and you know, <laughs> get, you know what? Please don't be that person because I'm that person and I'm trying to get over it. That's like, I don't think the waiter likes me. I don't think the waiter likes me. Like, yeah, please get over it. We've been out before where you just like walk away. And I'm like, this isn't a disagreement. We're just talking. I'm from Jersey. They're from Greece. This is how we sound. He's like, why do you like stranger danger run away? You know what? I'm going to go eat with Otis. I think Otis gets me. (laughs) Odie gets me. Like he understands. It's just like, we're just going to go to a nice little donut shop and they're going to give us what we want. And it's going to be peaceful. And there's going to be no problems. Oh my goodness. I will say my kids are loving lollipops now and they want to hear the lollipop song while they have lollipops. It's too much. I'll send you a video. You guys, thank you so much for listening and liking. Tell your friends and their friends and then like their Mm -hmm. other friends. It's a Ponzi scheme. (laughs) (laughs) It's multi-level marketing. That's what we're trying to do here. (laughs) Bye, Bye, everyone. Treat yourself to a nice meal. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Jiha Lee. Our associate producer is Alex Chi. This episode was mixed by John Bradley. Our guest booker is Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from Hannah Kyle Crichton. Theme song and live show DJing is by DJ Don Will. Our live show producer is Marianne Ways. Artwork by Jamie Bechtel. Photography by Chais Vandermost. Executive produced by Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Hardstark, and Danielle Kramer. Follow the show on Instagram at adultingthepod. Email your questions to adultingquestions at gmail.com. Okay. Follow Adulting with Michelle Buteau and Jordan Carlos on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show and visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase adulting merch.